everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. John 4, verses 24 through 30. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into a town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I've ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truths and scripture and we are continuing to talk about the woman at the well and how really kind of talk about love and how she was looking for love in all the wrong places. We are really glad that you are here and we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey Kara. Hey mom. Hey. Okay, we're still at the at the well, we're still at the well. We're out. Yes, this lady that I do not know her name. Can't wait to meet her <laughs> in heaven because I just want to say, hey, I understand. I understand what you're talking about. Yep. And I think you know, since the last time we talked, that one of the things I've been thinking so much about this lady and how how she must have felt when she met Jesus, and we do know that. He changed her life, and He revealed Himself to her. But, you know, we also know, as we've talked about, if we put it in the context and the culture that was at that time and and then what she was dealing with, we look into her life a little bit. We know that she was really longing for something. She really was seeking, I th- we believe as women, love because she had been married five times. You don't get married five times. Uh, just to be married five times. So there's there had to be a thirst. There had to be a hunger that she was wanting. And as women, we understand of wanting to be seen. We want a man to, to value us. We want men to see that we're worth to be picked. I think you mentioned that not too long ago about how you just wanted to be chosen. You just want to be picked. And here's this man that she doesn't have a clue who he is. He's sitting there. And I wonder, you know, is that I don't know this, so I don't want to add any more to Scripture what it is. I'm just looking through the eyes of the woman. And mm-hmm. she approaches this, the well, Jacob's well, and here's Jesus. She doesn't know he's the Messiah, but he's a man. And I don't know if there was something that stirred in her, you know, but then Jesus, maybe knowing what her fears or maybe knowing that she might have a little bit of mistrust just seeing a man, mm-hmm. And then he speaks to right. her, and then she's like, why are you talking to me? I know you're a Jew. Now, how she knew he was a Jew, I don't know. But, you know, just think about her and the fact that Jesus just went right to her heart. He just like, you know what? We're just going to get right to the, the root of the cause here. We're going to go right to the problem. And he met her there. And he not only met her at Jacob's well, because that's just in her everyday routine of going, but he met her where she was really longing, right deep down in her heart. He didn't really bypass. I mean, I think that the fact that he said, call your husband, was bringing it up, getting to the root of it. 
And then she immediately said, well, you must be a prophet. And right, right. she wanted to change the subject a little bit and talk about theological stuff, like where we're supposed to worship. The Jews say you worship, you know, at one mountain. And then the Samaritans say you, you worship at other mountains. And Jesus said, I'm looking for a true worshiper. And I think a true worshiper is someone that loves God with all their heart, so, and I think that's the truth of who He is, the of mm-hmm. loving Jesus for who He is, loving God for who He is, and I think true worship is what you know we were talking about when you know we they asked Jesus who is what's the greatest commandment? He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart. So I think that that's what I think that's what Jesus is looking for now, and I think that's what He was referring to when He met when He said you know to her. What would you, because I think a lot of times we hear the word worship and we immediately think song, music, Mm -hmm. worship music, which is definitely a way that we can worship the Lord. It's an expression Yeah, but when, But when we talk about it in this sense, Mm -hmm. obviously he's not expecting her to break out in song. (laughs) But... <laughs> but like what I'm just asking, you know, what are some other ways? Like how do we how do we worship the Lord in our everyday life apart from that one expression? What are other expressions? Well, I think that Jesus, you know, again, we are seeing that Jesus is looking way down in in the depths of her heart and he knows that she is longing for something, she's desiring something, she's thirsty for something, even though she was coming to the water to get physical you know, water, he brings up, if you knew who I am, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I think that true worship is really knowing the truth of who Jesus is and being in love with him and falling in love with him. I think that's true worship. Jesus, you know, complained and talked about the Pharisees and how they did all the right things, but they didn't know him. They didn't love him. They didn't want him. I think that that's True worship is when we literally, you know, are coming out of our heart, out of deepness of our hearts to love God with all of our heart. And then we go and we do things. Then we go and express either a song or ministry or go serve or help people or do your Bible reading or prayer. It, it, it yeah, needs to it's come like from an act of worship act from of, your heart. From, yeah, and I think love, I think that it's just really true worship is when you love the Lord with all your heart and so. I think out of the love and, then and devotion, then you express that love through things like song, ministry, prayer, Bible reading. I think serving, serving. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we've got it mixed up. Actually, I think that's why a lot of people have a hard time understanding the intimacy that they have with the Father or having an intimacy with Jesus is because they're doing it. They're doing these things. They're going to the mission field, they're reading their Bibles, or they're doing their quiet time to, to check it off. Or even going worship, yeah, like we're, like song worship. Yeah, they like, get a feeling because they're music. Can, right. So I think that that's one of the things, I think that's why the woman at the well, whoever she is, the Samaritan woman, really reminds me of me because, you know, it's a long time ago when I decided to, you know, heard that Jesus died for me and I wanted to give my life to Him. I did things out of duty. I did things because I was told this is what you're supposed to do as a as a follower of Jesus. You're supposed to have your quiet time. You're supposed to serve. You're supposed to be part of a church. You're supposed to read your Bible. You're supposed to pray. All those things you are as a follower of Jesus, you do. 
But I didn't do it out of out of love. I did it out of duty. I was I was reading um, the other day and still reading a couple books. Do you remember Francis Chan writing a book on crazy love? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's an old, throwback. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah reading a little bit about that, and then there was another book that's on lover of my soul. And I think you know, it's talking about the the song of Solomon. You know, I, I don't think we think of Jesus in an intimate way, and I think that's what's missing in the church. I think that's what's missing with people that say they want to have a personal relationship with Jesus. What does that mean? And it, and I think one of the biggest elements that's missing is their intimacy with the Father, their intimacy with Jesus. You know, Jesus continually talked about the love that He and the Father had toward each other. And He, you know, in John 17, I bring that up a lot, is where He was praying right before Mm -hmm. He went to the cross. And He said, I want them to see how much we love each other, and I want them to love Mm -hmm. us like we love each other. And I think that's what He was offering the the woman at the well. She, She was definitely changed. She went... And immediately went in and told the people, I have met the Messiah. This man has told me all that I, that I knew. So the very town, the very people that she had tried to run from, she's running to. And that's a changed mm-hmm. life. It's like, look what God's done in my life. I've met the Messiah. It would be, as we've talked about this before, if we had the cure of cancer, I'd immediately run into mm-hmm. the hospitals and say, the cancer wars, yeah. and say, I've got that. You wouldn't keep it to yourself. Right. So she, so God did meet her, and God did show her what true love is about. What I, I think we should talk about is she accepted it. She embraced it. She had a lot of wounds. She had a lot of hang-ups when it comes to men and stuff, obviously. Oh, yeah. And and how did she just? How did she just embrace? Now, obviously, she's in the presence of Jesus, but she didn't know it. And mm-hmm. she was in the, you know, press. Well, she eventually did. I mean, yeah. But she started having the conversations. But there was there was a time where she could let down her walls a little bit and let Jesus mm-hmm. in. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, you know, something for us to just to discuss. Like, how do we do that? Because I've said it a thousand times. It was hard for me to, to really embrace and feel God's love or, you know, feel like I am loved. I'd heard it in my head that God loved me. He went to the cross and he died for me. But it was it was a long time before what was in my head became a reality in my life. And it's just one thing to know something and it's another thing to embrace it and believe it and live from that place. And I think that she obviously was able to and I'm sure she grew even, you know, we don't this is all we know of her. But I'm just saying, at mm-hmm. that minute, at that time, she there were a lot of walls that fell down. That's all I'm saying. Right. Or she would have never ran into the city and told the very men that probably made her feel so ashamed about, I've right. met a man. I've met a man. He's the Messiah. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like sitting here thinking, I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I because I there's like an element where it's like we can't conjure up that love ourselves for the Lord, especially, you know, so there's an element that he has to do it. But I think there definitely is a trust 
mm-hmm. part where she had to, but then it's like, I think there's a step before that, not step, like there's a one, two step, but I just mean, I think that there's a, a part of the process before that, or maybe intertwined with the trust, but it's almost like there has to be an element of I'm in need of something. Mm-hmm. An acknowledgement. Yeah. Like I, there's like something's got to give or something needs to change or I, you know, like whether, and you may not even be in a situation as desperate as, you know, her situation where she's an outcast and has had five husbands and mm-hmm. another one living in her house. You know, there's, that's an extreme example, but and it could be as simple as you just get to the end of yourself or like you're just, you know, you tried everything to be happy or feel fulfilled, feel fulfilled and you're not, or I don't know, but I feel like there's got to be an element of you have to. Well, I think you have to know you're thirsty before you're going to ask for any water. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, there's something where it's like, I, I need something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it's going to come from. You know, there's just this element of like, uh, something isn't like, I'm not completely fulfilled or I'm mm-hmm. not completely at peace or at joy, or I can't, you know, seem to get past this or mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, you know. And I think that that's very clear in this, in this inter- encounter with Jesus, because he immediately said, go call your husband. I mean, because she asked him, why are you asking me for a drink? And before he could really identify and before really their relationship began to grow, he dug deep and he said, go call your husband. So he immediately hit that wound and she confessed it. I have no husbands. And I think that's the first step of what you're saying. You may not say, okay, I've had five husbands or, you know, I just keep getting, in my opinion, I see girls that get in, Bad relationships, right after another, after another. I see women that leave their husbands for someone else. I see people trying to find their self-worth based on, I see it all the time, where it's about, you know, more plastic surgery and, and trying to feel pretty yeah. and trying to feel valued. and Or even in the workplace, like just working, work, yeah. You know, trying to find your self-worth. Or I, I, I'm good at yeah. that. I, I remember talking to several women who said, you know, I'm really better at working outside the home than I am a mom. And, you know, so they would tend to want to be more at work than they wanted to, you know, to to be home with their children. And, you know, we're looking for things. Which is to, fine. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't well, think. Not but out of balance. Anything. Yeah, I'm uh, talking about right, being anything out of balance. Because yeah. you can, yeah. But I just, I, I feel like that Jesus, one of the first steps of being able to embrace Love and being able to accept God's love is to be able to confess and say, "I need it. I, I I am looking for something to satisfy me outside of Jesus." And and admitting that, I think it has to come from the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Jesus prompted it, prompted the conversation. I do believe that the Holy Spirit has to get us to that place, and I don't know how miserable you have to be before. You look up and say, God, you know, all the things that I've been working right. and trying to get, I, I don't have. But I do think yeah. if you, you know, talked about steps, I do feel like in the in this uh, in, encounter with Jesus, it was confession of being able to acknowledge and say that I've had five husbands, you know, and, you know, just start that confessing. And then he says, well, if you know me, if you knew me, and I think one of the things that we don't really think about, even though we've told, is that Jesus really does love us and He wants what's best for us. He said, if you knew who I am, you would ask, and I'd give it to you. Mm-hmm. 
In other words, if you know who I am and you're looking for love, ask me for it, and I'm going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the, if you want to say step number two, would be, you know, well, first you have to know you need, you need, you know, a desire, and it's okay to desire, and you're created to want to be loved. You're created for a desire to be loved and be accepted. But I think we can't feel that with anything other than Jesus. Then when we mm-hmm. understand that Jesus is really the only one that really can ever love us the way we deserve or undeserve it, we're going to love it, love us in the way that we desire to be loved. Then when we understand that, then we're able to love other people. We're able to to tear and, and lay our walls down and and embrace other people's affection. I think it's so hard for us right now because we're we're trying so many things to make us feel lovable and valued and we're in their idols. And Jesus mm-hmm. said, No, like I I give this to you. And until we can I do th- get until we understand how to embrace his love, we're not going to be able to embrace and love not even ourselves or anyone else's. I think it's interesting how much our relationship or view with the Lord, especially as someone who would say that they're a believer, how it really does mirror like our closest relationships on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're having a hard time trusting the Lord, maybe you're having a hard time trusting the people around you or I don't know. Like, I, I think that there's there's a lot that we tend to, I mean, I, I see that in my own life mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm, you know, having a hard time letting this wall down. It's like, actually, I'm, I think I'm having a hard time letting a wall down, you know, with the Lord mm-hmm. too. And it may be in totally different areas. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like the principle of, it's like the posture of your heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that's really interesting. Like, if you really sit down and think about it, I've just, that's something I've, notice in counseling. Like I will be talking about relationship in my life and frustrations or fears or insecurities or whatever. And then I'll talk about the Lord and I'm like hearing myself mm-hmm. say similar words. Mm-hmm. Like right. I said, they're, the circumstances are completely different. But in terms of like, I don't know, like I'm just having a really hard time, you know, not fearing how this is going to turn out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, actually I'm having a hard time trusting how the Lord is going to allow to handle a situation. I think it's interesting how our relationships can really spill out and mirror. It flows out. From the one Mm -hmm. relationship that matters. Yeah. Because, and yes, like there's work that needs to be done in, you know, our relationships on earth, but really the one that matters is working on our relationship with the Lord. And maybe some of those things will work out, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe that alone, but maybe, I mean, I don't know, but I just think. I think that what what you're saying, what I'm hearing you're saying, I believe it's what you're saying, is it's such a connection with our relationship with God and how we respond to God, we respond to other people. I, I feel like, you know, when, I think we said this last week when we were talking about the two commandments that Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart and soul. And love others as yourself. And I think if there's not that connection, if it's not the same, you're not you're not going to be able to love others as yourself. You're not going to love yourself if you don't love the Lord your God mm-hmm. with all your heart. So often what we're trying to do in the world right now is function outside of God, 
function without God. Right. And it's such well, a relationship that it our relationship with God overflows and 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 the struggles we have with God are in our relationship with God. We're going to have the right. same well, with others. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. And even I was just when you're saying that I was even thinking, even if if we are feeling like with the Lord, going back to what we said at the mm-hmm. beginning, like we kind of go through the motions. Maybe we don't even realize we're going through right. the motions because there may be so much of a wall in our hearts between you know you and the Lord that we are, you know, we're checking everything off where we might be reading the Bible, but our heart's not mm-hmm. there. You know, we're not truly trying to get to know mm-hmm. who Jesus is, or we may be praying, but not really, you know, or we're worshiping through song and not really like our heart, like we're just kind of going through the motions, but our hearts aren't really diving in and digging into getting to know mm-hmm. Him and to experience His love. I would venture to say that you're, that there probably is a similarity in our in the relationships around you as well, right. where it's like, are you really like being vulnerable with your heart? Are you really letting, and obviously not with everyone, I'm talking about like the closest, like whether a spouse or a parent or- right. who you want to des- and desire. Yeah. yeah. Like that's kind of what I mean. It's like, oh, wow, like I'm doing, there's such a similarity there where it's like, I don't feel close to this person or struggling to be close to this person, or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, but it's like, oh, wow, am I just going through the motions and then realizing like, wow, I think I'm actually doing that with the Lord mm-hmm. too. Absolutely. Um, and not, I think I think so many times, and I'm preaching to the choir on this, mm-hmm. so many times you don't realize it. Right. You know, like we can get in so much of a rhythm, especially for people who I think, you know, grew up in the church or, you know, have maybe a relationship for a long time or maybe they're newer and just don't know, like newer in the faith and maybe don't know that that's where, you know, right. it stems from because we see like, oh, well, everyone's reading the Bible. I should read the Bible. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, yes, read the Bible. That's for sure how the Lord speaks. But also the point of reading the Bible is to get to know the Lord. That is his word. Which, you know, like those mm-hmm. kind of things. You know, Howard grew up in the church. He never missed a Sunday. He was just talking about this the other day when we were on the cruise with the grandkids. And he had all these little pens. They'd give him the Sunday school pens and his mom and dad would take <laughs> yeah. He had all these. He didn't even know Jesus. And he was in church all the time. He understood. He heard all of these kind of things about what you're supposed to do. But he did it not to have a relationship with the Lord. He did it because he thought that that was what he was supposed to do to be a nice person. He did it, well, probably because his mother made him. But but two, an, an intimacy, being able to feel intimate with anyone has to be First, when you feel intimate with Jesus in a, in a godly way, you you can do a lot of things that might appear to be intimate, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Intimacy comes right. from the heart. And that heart, then like I could do a lot of things for Howard that I know that makes Howard happy. But I could do those things without loving him and feeling intimate with him. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that that's one of the things that, we get mixed up because we feel if we do these things, and, and it's what I see so much. It's like people that leave the ministry, people that leave the mission field, people that have done so many things that they felt like they gave up their life. Matter of fact, I think Peter said something about Jesus. We've given up everything to follow you. And uh, Jesus kind of quickly said, no, no, no. 
I called you, you, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's one of those things sometimes. And I think, you know, when you go back to Mary and Martha about Martha doing so many things and Mary sitting there listening and having closeness, being close to Jesus. And Jesus said, these things that Mary's doing, being close to me, wanting to hear me, wanting to be with me, wanting to get to know me is far more important than doing for me. It doesn't mean you don't do things for Jesus. Obviously, it doesn't mean I don't do things for Howard. Does it, you know, I mean, if Howard said to me, which he does, well, he doesn't say this, but I happen to know he hates cucumbers. He does not want a cucumber. <laughs> right. Close. No, oh my gosh. Or a pickle. You get him a Or a pickle. Oh, if there's a pickle on the plate, he might throw away the whole plate. I'm surprised he doesn't <laughs> throw the person's sitting next to him pickle out the window. I mean, like, he like doesn't he, want it he, close. <laughs> he, doesn't. he won't even pick up the pickle to hand it to no. you if you wanted no, it. No, he's like, like he'll he will take my plate it. and go, do you want this? Do you want this? He hates pickles. Oh, now, my gosh. So funny. I could every single day do two things. Think in my head, you know what? Howard needs to learn how to eat pickles. So every night, he's having pickles. I'm cooking pickles. Or I could say, Howard hates pickles, I'm never going to, I'm not going to have a pickle in the house. He hates it. I could do both of those things, two extremes, and not one of them would express that I really love him. All it means Mm -hmm. is I know he hates them, so I'm not going to give them, or he needs to learn to like them, so I'm going to give them to him. It is a, it is not an expression of my love, but if I, because I love Howard, said, you know what? He hates pickles. So I'm just not going to fix pickles tonight. I'm not going to. I'm going to take his pickle. I'm going to make sure he does not have a pickle anywhere near him. Not because <laughs> right. I'm trying to prove. And him. you like pickles. I love pickles. Right. I take his pickles. Yeah. But yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's it is the yeah. motivation. It's the, the it's the posture of the heart. We look at things and we think we know what somebody's doing, and we look at the what they're doing. Now I'm not saying that expressions of love should be just thrown out of the way. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you do things from the heart, and that's where your intimacy grows. Well, I think this is where, and I think the important thing is to not judge someone else's heart and where their expression of love is coming from. Like, you know, like what we are saying is this is all, we're talking about ourselves. That's right. You know, like you're you're not looking at, you know, dad and being like, well... I don't know. I'm trying to think of something you don't like, but I feel like you like all the food. <laughs> sugar. I like all sugar. <laughs> but I'm just saying like the point of what our what you know what we're saying is I think it can be really easy and tempting to be like, oh, well this person's just doing expression of love. I don't know if they actually love me or this or that or whatever, but it's like God will deal with them. Mm-hmm. Deal with your, you know, like what we're is like God Jesus met the woman at the well. He didn't meet all her little suitors cuz they were not, you know, whoever was at her house, well, she was at the well. He was not on the right either, mm-hmm. you know. That's true. And, and God will, you know, Jesus will deal with that. But I think it's like looking at our own hearts. It's like, okay, I can't. You can't judge somebody's why, heart. And that's you know. the thing is that Jesus yes. knew her heart. Right. And we don't know people's hearts. And we don't know people's heart. And we and I think it's, it's evaluating it. our own hearts mm-hmm. and being like, okay, why am I doing this expression mm-hmm. of love? Or why am I doing this? Or why am I not doing this? Or why am I doing this? And yet don't, I do not feel like I'm. I'm close to God. I think that's where you step back and go, why, when I go to church or when I read my Bible or if I 
you know, teach or whatever, and I still don't feel close to God, I may need to sit back and go, why am I doing the things I think God wants me to do, yet I don't feel close to Him? That's where you have to step back. And I mean, I um, think I'm in this boat if I'm if I'm going to be really vulnerable on here. Well, I mean, you usually are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I've had a really hard time reading the Word, mm-hmm. and I want to read the Word. I love the Lord. I feel like I sacrifice for Him. I feel like I love and yeah. serve Him in a lot of ways. But there's, I'm having a really hard time getting in the Word regularly. Like I'm in it, and I'm in and out. You know, mm-hmm. like, but I'm not in it. Like I've I've lost that habit every single morning. Obviously, I'm still in Joshua. And I should be in, I don't even know where, probably Matthew. <laughs> but not quite. But yeah. so I think that like I'm sitting here evaluating my own heart. Of, like, have I lost touch with why am I picking up the Bible? Yeah. Am I just trying to get through a Bible reading right now? Which, yes, I mm-hmm. am. That still could, like, I think both can be true. I can still try to, I do want to get through the Bible reading. I do want to read the Bible but I think I need to shift. It's like mm-hmm. those small shifts can make a huge difference. But I think I need to remember, like when I, I think that's part of why it feels so exhausting is because I think I'm picking up the Bible every morning. Because I do. I pick it up mm-hmm. every morning. Mm-hmm. Do I read it? Mm-mm. No. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess not. No. But I think I'm picking it up as a, like, okay, I've got to get through mm-hmm. this reading. And probably because, you know, there are certain guidelines you've got to get to because in January— I mean, December the 31st, oh we're going to be on the beach. Yeah. Like, I got six months left. Yeah. So. And, and, and I think that will rob you of your intimacy. Yeah, so I think that's why I need to first think, I want to know you. I want, I'm picking up this Bible because I want to hear from my Heavenly mm-hmm. Father, and I need to hear from my Heavenly Father. And yes, I'm still trying to get through. That doesn't mean I throw out the Bible reading plan. That's not going to help anything mm-hmm. because it's the heart. You know, it's like I need to, I, like I just said, I think those small shifts can make really big differences in how we, you know, move forward mm-hmm. in things. And so, yeah, like, I'm, I mean, I'm having this self-evaluation moment of like, I think I'm going to try that. We'll see when we talk mm-hmm. next week. Let's see how, if I've gotten, okay. how much farther I've gotten in the Bible reading. But I think I need to like, not challenge myself, but kind of challenge to remind myself mm-hmm. when I pick up the Bible of why I'm reading the Bible and not my why is not to get through a Bible plan. That's just the means that I'm mm-hmm. using. But the why is because I want to hear from my Heavenly Father and I want to hear through I want to hear from him through his word mm-hmm. specifically. I think that's huge. I think that that's I think that's exactly what God was trying to do. I think that's exactly what Jesus was was getting to when he met the woman at the well. He only identified himself to her at first, not the disciples. He said, I am the Messiah. Now, I think he had grabbed hold of her heart, and he knew it, and she knew it. And she was never the same. She went running back and told everybody, I've met the Messiah. It was changed, and there was that intimate, it was that excitement. I think we need to get back, like you said, and think you know what? What got me excited? I I don't want to have to go through a very difficult time for me to get excited about God or desperate. It's like you tell the story so often about with, with you and Dad. Mm-hmm. You know, before I was born, when you were at a crossroads in your marriage, and that was one thing that your counselor told you instead of leaving him. Like, remi- remember why you fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. You know, remember like go like why. You know, why did you marry yeah. him in the first place? You know, why did you love, why do you love him? And I think 
that's for people maybe who have walked with the Lord for a long time that, and I don't know that I necessarily need to remember why I love him, but because I do, I I see it and like, I'm still walking with Mm -hmm. him in a lot of areas, but it's just like, this is one area that has been a real frustration. And I know how important it is to be in the word. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think that there, there definitely is some stuff there that probably I need to like sort through, but with him, Mm -hmm. but I think that still remembering like, I know you have a moment, I have a moment, yeah. like I, where I look back and I'm like, nothing was the same after that moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, I messed up at times. Yeah. Yes, like things happened and I wasn't perfect. And, you know, our hearts and souls are prone to wander. But I, there was a moment where it was, you know, my early 20s where I was like, I never looked back. I was, mm-hmm. no, I was not the same mm-hmm. after right. that. And I know you, and yes, I, and I knew God all up until then I had you know, been baptized and all the things, but there was, it was like a difference. It was like, wow, I just saw you in a way that it's like the woman at the well. It's like, Mm -hmm. I just experienced you in a way that I can't, I can't be the same. Like, I can't be the same because what, who you are, what you just did in my life is Mm -hmm. like, and how he revealed himself to you. Tell it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how he revealed himself to you. I think that that's it. And I think, the key here, yeah, because I was like, I knew him. I knew who he was for so long. I mean, she clearly knew yeah. who he was. She, I mean, she references the Messiah, so she mm-hmm. had heard about that there's a Messiah. Uh-huh. She knew about Yahweh, you and know, she, knew she was a familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was familiar with the stories, but there was a moment where she was like, "Wait, I." But now I know who I know you, mm-hmm. and I I remember that moment in my life where I was like. I've I've knew who you were. I knew about you mm-hmm. all these years, but now I just experienced you in a way that's like, mm-hmm. oh, or I've like, heard about I you all these you. years. Yeah, I've heard about you. Yeah, and now now I really know. I, I think the key, in my opinion, in, in these verses, is what Jesus said at the very beginning: "If you knew who I am, you would ask." And I think that that's the key too: is that being able to ask and say, "God, give me a desire to read my Bible every day." God, give me a love for you. Yeah. God, give me. I've tried. Yeah. God, get, I've done it. I've tried on my own. I've tried to check off the boxes. I've looked to see how far along I'm behind or, you know, uh, how, I, I know I know in my head what I need. And I know in my head by experience what when I've been the happiest. It was always when I was felt close to you and felt intimate with you. And if I'm not there, if I don't feel that anymore, it's not because Jesus isn't all love and doesn't desire us to fall madly in love with him. It just means there's something, things have happened and time has gone by or whatever. We've kind of drifted. And I think, you know, for me, it's like, it's it's when I feel like it's out of duty. I feel like, Oh, I'm supposed to get up every morning, read my Bible, and pray. Yes, I do that. And I do think that sometimes discipline can, you know, there are times where it's like, keeps you on track. I go to the gym. Yeah, like there are times where it's like, I do not want to go. But Mm -hmm. then I go, but it's like, so sometimes I I think there's just that balance there where it's like, still the heart motivation. Like I, Mm -hmm. sometimes I just get myself to go to the gym, but I'm really, really deep, deep, deep down. I'm doing that because, you know, I want to be healthy. I want to feel better or I Mm want to be active or, you know, I want to see my friends. (laughs) I don't know. But, Mm -hmm. and so I think it's a similar, like sometimes we do need, you know, we do check it off. Mm -hmm. Those are not bad things, but like sometimes just that discipline can get us through. Like if you're not feeling like, oh, I just don't want to read my Bible. It's like sometimes we do need to, 
you know, push through that a little bit or, but I think it goes back to like your heart. It's like I'm mm-hmm. pushing through it, not because I want to check it off. I'm pushing through because I want to know who Jesus is. I want to know God deeper. And I think that is important to know that pushing through those things, you're going to the gym because you, you know, know you're supposed to and all. It's what, and you get there and, you know, you realize, oh, I really want to. I think it's meeting Jesus. I think it's being able to go on and push through those things, and then Jesus meets you there. It's the woman at the well needed water. She wanted water. She left her jug. It was it, no, it was no longer about the water. She went mm-hmm. to get the water. She left the jug and went and told everybody. So it was, it, it was instead of, go, she went for one motive and left with a whole different heart and a whole different motivation. And I think just going there and saying, God, just meet me here. The key was right. that she met Jesus there, and it was Jesus that changed her life. It was not the Jacob's well. It wasn't that she was thirsty. It was the fact that who she allowed to fill her desires. And I think, like we said at the beginning, she was willing uh-huh. to meet him because she didn't. I mean, he opened the conversation. She uh-uh. didn't have to. Uh-uh. She didn't have to talk to him. She did. She could have just gotten her water and just nodded and kept going. But she was willing to stop and talk to him, and she was open to what he had to say. Here's here's the bottom line. This woman had no clue how bad she needed Jesus. But Jesus knew how desperate she was for Jesus. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.